Hey guys, this is the Hard Time Strongman Podcast, cheering up a better class of man. And today is our second installment in our skill tree series, which we're going to be talking about our trunk of our tree, which is field craft. So in our previous episode, we talked about the roots of our tree. So physically strong, mentally tough, and morally straight. This week, we're talking about the trunk of our tree, the body of our tree, which is field craft, because field craft permeates into everything that we do, everything that we want to teach you guys in some way, in in some measure. So when you look up field craft uh, in the Oxford Dictionary, you get the techniques involved in living, traveling, or making military or scientific observations in the field, especially while remaining undetected. So in my research for this project for this episode, I also found a military definition of field craft, which I found in ATP 4-32.3, the EOD company platoon team operations manual. And I'm funny enough, but, uh, so weird there. <laughs> I, I just don't know how that's the only definition I found on all of army pubs. Right. Anyway, Cause so, why would they ever use <laughs> field craft at all? Like, they're they're fobbits like come on well it's like i i thought i would have found it in the infantry, you know, like infantry platoon, yeah. squad you know uh special operations anything or like yeah. long range or constants any any other field manual but <laughs> here we are so their definition is field craft is the tactical skill to operate stealthily and the methods used to do so which can differ during day and night operations and changes due to weather and terrain a soldier's field craft is strengthened through the soldier's discipline. Now, when we break down the word field craft, so the roots of field craft, field and craft. So field, uh, just going through several definitions, I came up with an area of land. And craft in the context of the, you know, of the way we're using this word is uh, skill and experience in a trade or occupation. So skill and experience in an area of land or an occupation that you're working out of an area of land. So working in the land that is field craft. So for us, for hard time, strong men, our definition that we came up with is the skill set required and the methods used to live and operate in a field environment. So, I mean, that's pretty shooting, broad, but moving, I communicating. Mean- yeah, it, it, it's a catch-all, but it needs to be because the context that we're that we're going to be talking about field craft that we're going to be teaching about it changes for so many people. Not everyone is going to be conducting military or you know soldiering tasks in the field. You know, some people may be hunters. Some people may be using field craft as search and rescue. There are you know so many different possibilities. So. That's kind of where we land on that definition. It's our 80% solution. 80% solution, exactly. So I guess we can get into a little bit of what Fieldcraft is. So why did we give such a broad definition? What are we trying to what are we trying to catch here? I mean, it's just because it encompasses everything. Fieldcraft just isn't just about 
you know, making a fire, you know, the four pillars of survival, it encompasses, you know, living in the field, moving in the field, operating in the field, adapting to the environment. You know, it's, it's all about having, um, a broad skill set that would allow you to function if there was no society, there was no supermarkets, there was no electrical grid, that kind of thing. Well, you know, we, you know, we tend to joke about like the 12 year old in the 1800s, right? But field crafting to him was just living in the field because that's where he lived. It it, it was life. You know, like you had no infrastructure, you had nothing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not just, you know, a working or like a, you know, a kinesthetic, you know, like a, like a working knowledge of, a field craft, but just the head knowledge. So, you know, knowing plants, knowing wildlife, knowing, you know, the cycles of the weather, knowing terrain, you know, being able to connect those dots is a huge part of, you know, a huge part of field craft. Knowing what to, what to do when you see something. So being able to make those, you know, accurate heuristics, those accurate, you know, guesses and, be able to move ahead in those processes so you know especially when you're like tracking you know game or if you're looking for water or, or anything yeah it's funny too how like like you said even a 12 year old back in 250 years ago would know all these things while we were in the army there was actually specific jobs for those individual things so knowledge of plants wildlife that may encompass the medical uh the weather we actually had combat um oh god what were they called they were like combat um for, they were, like weather they control were, yeah they were like something? weather controllers it was it was actually the air force that you really use those um but then you know terrain we would have um like the map guys like we would get our maps from them but think back to like 250 years ago that was just common knowledge like 12 year olds had this this skill set like innately they grew up with this stuff from the time that they were essentially born and we've gotten away from that well, i mean think about when there were no you know upkept roads right or any different you know really defined roads. so if you're just going by carriage and then you have the mud season come through you know your road your road's gone right so if you don't know how to navigate to the next town then you know, there goes your trade. Right. Or if you know how, how to navigate to your river or a source of water. I mean. You had to be an expert in land know, navigation. Yeah. I mean, this was all just second nature stuff. Mm-hmm. It was an implied task, you know, which a lot of, you know, part of our definition is, you know, a lot of field craft is implied tasks. Right. So, you know, living, operating, moving in a field environment. So you need to have noise discipline. You need to keep light discipline. You know, the concept, the, the tenant of leave no trace, being able to utilize camouflage, you know, knowing the difference between cover and concealment, you know, talking about living, surviving in, you know, in the field. So the four pillars of survival, water, shelter, fire, food, you know, you need to have those on lock. Like you just said, water navigation, if you're by, large bodies of water, water navigation, if you have that capability, right? And then depending on the on the context that you're in or, you know, saying like a military or, you know, 
hunting, search and rescue, any of those contexts, you know, being able to accurately or effectively observe and accurately report information. Right. Is, is huge. This week's episode is brought to you by fieldseats.com. Fieldseats.com is an e-commerce federally licensed firearm dealer. They provide virtual reviews on brand new firearms, optics, and gear, where at the end of the review, they give away the item being reviewed to an attendee. Currently, they've got reviews up ranging from $25 for a brand new Trigicon RMR Type 2 adjustable LED red dot sight to $65 for a new Springfield M1A Precision 308. Each review has limited seating, so your chances of winning the giveaway are that much higher. Check out fieldseats.com to purchase your reviews and enter to win the item being reviewed. Use code STRONGMEN to get 10% off your order. Be sure to also check out their Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at field underscore seats for updates on products and other tips and info. Use code STRONGMEN to receive 10% off your entire purchase at fieldseats.com. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, well, I mean, think about, you know, the folks that were growing up on the trail. Mm -hmm. I mean, so... Even if you had, you know, travelers come through, there is no guarantee that those were good people. Right. You know, that's where you had people banding together, you know, in their communities to take care of one another. But, you know, there was, there was no telling. Like you said, there's different bands and sects of, you know, whatever people that are there, whatever people who are, you know, moving through. But, you know, you had to have street smarts too. It all, it all rolls together. Right. And, you know, being able to have, like effectively observe, you don't want a, a freaking grizzly bear rolling up on you, or wolves sneaking up on you, or coyotes getting your livestock, or you know bobcats kind of creeping up on you. Like it's oh my gosh, man! So I don't know if you remember the I think it was like the first season of Alone, where they dropped this guy off on the beach and he had to quit the first day. Because they dropped him off in a freaking bear den. Oh, yeah. Like, he was trying to find adequate shelter. He's, like, looking around. He sees scat. He sees, like, bear sign on the on yeah, freaking tree trunks. Yeah. And then he looks up, and there's freaking a mama and her cubs in the tree. In the tree, yep. And it's like, goodness. And so he, you know, beat it out of there. He was able to make a hasty shelter, but then he hears them. And you, know, you see the game... Uh, the game cameras, you know, outside of his tent, and you just see that mob bear just like creeping around. It's like, you know, if he didn't know bear sign, if he didn't just have that prior knowledge, I mean, oh, you screwed. Imagine going up to that bear den and be like, oh man, this is a really great shelter. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like. Well, I think there was another year where a chick got dropped off and she got hunted by wolves. Oh my gosh, for real? Yeah, I think there was one of those uh, seasons. It was one of the later ones, I believe. I think one of my favorite episodes or favorite guys in that show was the dude who got dropped off and he was showing just all the camera equipment that they have to like truck around <laughs> that you don't see obviously throughout the show, but he's doing that and he's like, Oh, there's a squirrel. He sees a squirrel in a tree. He picks up a freaking rock. I think he, he, so he threw it. He missed the first one, picked up another rock, killed the squirrel. That's... And he harvests the squirrel for, for me first day. And it's like, you know, I'll never freaking do that again. But the guy was able to, you know, effectively adapt to the tools that were at his disposal. Right. And he got food. Yeah. And honestly, like, with that in mind, too, that reminds me of um, <clears throat> some of the issues some of those contestants were running into was 
um, diseases in those animals. Yes. So that's another thing you have to keep in mind is like you got to know what kind of diseases you could be facing by killing and eating some of these like game animals. And not only that, right. but you have to know how to treat a variety of illnesses too with just what's around you. Right. So that plays back into the knowledge of plants and wildlife. But I mean, the diseases thing is kind of like, it's kind of out there, man, because not a lot of people have that knowledge unless you're in the medical field or you've done a lot of field craft to kind of like you have that experience where you know what diseases you may encounter and how to counteract that. Right. It, it takes, yeah. Because it's more it than just, you know, hey, there could be something in the water. I have to boil this or filter it. It's more like what kind of diseases are specific to these animals and what kind of problems could they cause me? If I ingest well, them. and what does that look like in the animal? Yes. If it's presenting in the animal in this way, I think it was the last season where they were in Alaska, like season eight. And towards the end, one of the final two contestants, she got a porcupine and she skinned it and there was just abscesses all oh. over its pelt. And it's like, Ugh. and she said, this is obviously diseased, but I don't have anything else. <laughs> and somehow she didn't get sick. But, you know, it makes me think, too, of, you know, just being able to collect and purify water, collect pure drinking water. There was one guy, and he, his method of collecting water, because he couldn't make a fire to save his life, was he ran the water he collected over moss Mm -hmm. on a rock, and he collected the bottom, thinking that that would accurately purify the guy went home with probably dysentery i mean yeah he was, i mean obviously it didn't uh, work but... he was puking his guts out he was you know he had <laughs> diarrhea so made himself more dehydrated but you know that's field craft knowing that you can't just run some water over moss and expect it to be you know clean to drink right so yeah being able to live so food water shelter fire being able to operate you know, having your noise and light discipline, using cover and concealment, having good camouflage, not silhouetting yourself on, you know, on a skyline, yep. being able to observe and report. So anything that your job is being able to do that in the field, you know, with or without support, with or without infrastructure, that is all field craft. Yeah. And honestly, like it's, it's not just the tactical side. Cause like we mentioned this stuff just because, I mean, you're hiding from animals too. Like whether you're hunting them or being hunted by them, you still need to be able to disappear from view of them. Like whatever route you're taking, whether it is hunting or being hunted, like you still need to be able to have noise discipline, light discipline, you know, not leave tracks, have camouflage, be able to survive with four pillars of survival and still be able to like navigate your way around, whether it's on land or on water and be able to, accurately and effectively observe and report on what you're actually seeing so if you're not alone others know exactly what's going on too so this all plays into right into fieldcraft as a whole and it just it doesn't have just survival just hunting or just tactical to do with it right so some examples of people who were excellent in their fieldcraft so the native americans who you know, in large part, we're nomadic, you know, being able to live completely off of the land. Right. 
they were the you know, in whatever area that they that they moved to right and they right? were they were the premier fieldcraft experts i mean they made their own medicine in the field they hunted they lived they you know they survived well they what you just said they lived mm-hmm. their own life their entire lives were in the field right so huge uh the frontiersmen yep the Rhodesian scouts professional hunters guides you know cowboys trackers search and rescue teams all these people who primarily work quote-unquote operate in the field you know this is their bread and butter this is their skill set you know i mean thinking about the uh the wildland firefighters oh, God, being able yeah. to read and navigate terrain you know whether or not you have you know good visual uh you know, a good visual of that terrain, you know, due to smoke or anything else. Being able to move, you know, up and down mountains, over ravines, you know, through like falling timber, everything, you know, so having the the footwork and the, you know, the physical capacity to do that, that's field craft. It's also crazy too, because those guys could actually read fire. Like they, they could read and understand what fire was doing and what it was going to do. Like that amazes yeah. well, and me. Well, being able to anticipate and to see, you know, most likely and most dangerous courses of action mm-hmm. and being able to, to react accordingly or, you know, preemptively act, you know, through that thought process. Right. I mean, yeah. Crazy skill set. Huge. Okay, guys. I know this was a short episode, but this was our introduction, our, our, our definition for field craft. So this is the trunk of our tree. This is what everything branches off of. So this was made to be more of a catch all, but field craft is incredibly important because none of these skills that we're going to be talking about, none of these skill sets that we're going to be digging into matter. You can't use them if you don't have, if your if your field craft isn't squared away. So, with that being said, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you guys. We hope you got a lot from this, and we're excited to bring more to you in the future. As always, we're the Hard Time Strongman Podcast, training up a bear class of man. Stay in the fight. 